Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for you. This is for you and me. And who we see when we see each other. This is for all. This is for all. The time you tried to find your sister or your brother, and you're not crazy anymore. You've been waiting at the door, and it's time to open. Hey there, it is time to open. Good morning, America. Here we are again. It's uh. Oh, gosh, it's Saturday, March the 23rd. Oh, we missed you last week. We had technical difficulties. We're back. <clears throat> it was, uh, I'm going to put just a little bit of this last week's show into this program so you can be part of the stream of what it is that we're up to. One of the things that Randy and I and our guest today, Larry Michael Roberts, a dear friend for many years who <laughs> I've taken many adventures with, is here, and we've got... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the laugh. He's remembering an adventure. I can tell. We'll 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 share a little bit more of that with you in the program. But here's what's going on. Uh, last week, for me, a companion of mine for 14 years, and there's many people who will appreciate this little story of my companion. It was actually my dog Mayo, who I had since he was two years old, and he died last Thursday morning at 5:41 in the morning after having had a series of convulsions. He was actually scheduled to leave Earth, hmm, I want to say, I think it was about two years ago when I found him lying in the hallway and he couldn't couldn't even hardly get up. And I started to go to my um, phone and call the vet and make arrangements. And I thought, oh my God, Val, you've been doing um, anti-aging stuff for years. Uh, why don't you start juicing the dog and see what happens. And <laughs> Mayo could eat, but that was about it. His ear, his little perky ears went flat and all kinds of things were happening. And then I started giving him some of the products that I use, um, Thrive HGH. Uh, I started giving him some Kayani. I started giving him some of Longevity's uh, uh, citrus uh, re-energizer for muscles. Because I realized that aging, what happens is we just lose the ability to use our muscles properly. And the next thing I knew, I had a little kick-butt dog that was running around barking. I think I hadn't barked in years. And um, wanted to go for walks. And he actually got to the point where he was overestimating his abilities. And he'd fall, but it was because he was trying to jump a gap or something like that. It was like I had to watch out for him after that on these products. And he stayed perky right up there until the end. And when I asked the vet what he had died from, she said, well, sometimes it's brain cancer at this age. Or she said, sometimes it's just simply that their brains um, short circuit. And that's what it looked like because Mayo was thrashing on the, he had gone to bed, we, he was sleeping on the bed. And then the next thing I knew, Keenan came running in and he was thrashing on the floor and having convulsions. He never had a convulsion before. So, hey, uh, I, I knew this was it, and uh, we packed him up, took him to the hospital, and I, I know how to yell and scream when I'm losing something that's precious to me, and I, but I also know how to accelerate that process because of all the work that I've done with myself and others over the years. So I did that. I desensitized myself to his bone in his bed, and I went out and took ghost walks with the dog and balled my head off and stuff like that. And as you can tell, I still have, I miss him, but I'm not sad. Uh, I know that dog gave me everything he had. I actually went to a psychic <laughs> because that's part of how I help myself. And the psychic, you know, we, I, I never blamed him for leaving because in dog years he was actually 112 years old. And he was uh, <laughs> a very sassy 112 years old in dog years. So... This is just to acknowledge the pets, my pet, your pet, other pets, 
And to take the, the level of death of something or of the life that you're looking at to a new spiritual level, okay? So we started um, on the way, we started uh, driving him to the hospital. A skunk showed up, and a skunk had never been, that I had never vision, envisioned on my property before showed up. Um, after I talked to Susan, she told me that he would send me a sign and that I would recognize that it was from Mayo. And I was like, oh, I don't see any signs around here. Susan, where's the sign? And she said, well, it could show up like um, lights flashing off and on or it could show up like something that gets broken, okay? Or, but you'll know it's from Mayo. And I said, are you sure? You know, Because I, I, even though I embrace spirituality and I embrace all the things from the medicine uh, medicine cards and things of that nature, even though I embrace all of that, there's always a little nagging part that says, you know, am I just really making all this up? Anyway, <laughs> I walk in the living room and there's a card that I had framed and I had um, I had it on the shelf and the card said uh, the barn burned down now I can see the moon. And that was it. I, I knew it. It was like the death of this precious creature of mine. The morning that I had done, the actions that we had taken, the perfection of how everything unrolled was really very magical and spiritual, even though it was extremely heart-wrenching and sad. What it's like to see, uh, you know, we stuck his collar in his mouth so he wouldn't bite through his tongue. I mean, it was just not a pretty thing to see, and I'm sure that Randy or... Larry, who's here today with us, have had experiences of similar to that because we're all animal lovers, okay? But it's mm-hmm. not just looking at the death or, or the birth of something. It's looking at the meaning of the, or the translation to that. So um, with that, I want to say, Randy, I know you were um, working on the land mm-hmm. and that you had a couple of experiences, one with trees and I went with deer, and I wondered if you would share that with us. Well, you know, several years ago I read the book, The Secret Life of Plants, and uh-huh. uh, an incredible book that everyone should read, and, you know, it's where they set, they actually put electrodes on the plants, and if you were the owner of the plant, you'd talk to your plant, whatever. Maybe you're not even talking to your plant. plant just is in your house. It's listening to everything that you're doing and saying. And I know that sounds super weird, but in the with the electrodes that they would hook up to it, the plants would actually, if you physically were upset about something, the electrodes would go nuts. So it was like the plant took on what you were taking on. When you're happy, it's happy. And, and so it was just, a, it's such an interesting read. And that is just one minor story of all of the scientific experience, experiments that they did in that book. So... Here I have this 100 acres of just pretty much nothing but trees. I mean, it's just, it's got so much life on it, and it draws in all the, the, the nature, the deer, the raccoons, the fox, um, the coyote. Everything is there. Rabbit, you name it, it's there. Wild turkeys. And so we had to go out, and we had to um, make the forest healthier. And it took about three weeks to do it. It was brutal because we had to do it in the cold. Uh, if you did it when there was a thaw, then it would attract a bug to the oak trees and potentially wipe the oak out. So we had to do it in the cold. And um, we would walk what is known as a girdle around the, the tree. So we didn't take them down to the ground. That would be felling them. What we did is girdle them, which is take a chainsaw and walk a circle around the tree. And then you go a few inches above that or below it, and you walk a second circle so some of the trees needed one, some needed two. It just depended if they were hardwood or not. And I was gut-wrenched over having to do that because it is a slow death for that tree. And I get it, uh, boy. Yeah, and, um, you know, I just love life. And, uh, and I know, that, and I hated doing that. So basically we were, <clears throat> it'd be like cutting into your flesh and then watching you die a very slow death. And it'll take them, you know, potentially three years to die. Um, and then they'll stay standing, which is good in a way. It's good for the forest um, to, to have undergrowth because and it will be undergrowth because the other ones now will be able to flourish and they will live. So we would take out um, 
ones that had issues, you know, if it was, if it forked, that meant, you know, there was, there was an issue. So we tried to stick with just the straight up trees and, um, you know, we had arguments, uh, not not bad arguments, but it's just, I was like, no, we can't take that one. Nope, don't want you to take that one. Nope, no, nope. I fought really hard for the hardwoods. I did not <laughs> want them taken totally out. Yeah, but it was really, it was, the, it was the county, the forester that was making me do it. So um, some of them I had to take, and it was gut-wrenching. But, you know, one time, you know, we didn't have phone service out there. And so one time I was at the top of a hill. We would go to the top of a hill every night just to let all the messages fly in and try to catch up on everything we had missed. And we would do that for maybe 30 minutes every night. And then we would go get back on the road and, and go. I explained it. I didn't understand yes. what the process was. Next time, share yes. with me. So I have yes. 30 minutes to get a hold of you. Darn. <laughs> That's it. You had a small window. <laughs> and so did everybody else. And so did I. So. Um, right. No, I get it. One time I was at the top of that hill and I was going through the phone, so I couldn't look the whole time, but I saw a deer come off my property and then another one and another one. And I had to look away many times because I was working on the phone. But in the time that I watched, I watched 30. Now, we've been working on this property all day. Keep in mind, it's 100 acres. Anything can hide on that property. I counted 37 deer that came off of the property and cut across the road and went over to the neighbor's. So all day long, those deer were skirting us. <laughs> they were well, out Here's there. something for you, because I, when you were talking, I looked up deer um, in the mm-hmm. medicine book, and the deer is so gentle and loving as you are, and it's the flower of mm-hmm. kindness, and it's an embrace from afar. So mm-hmm. I, think that, uh, I think that if they're... I, I don't know how it all works in the fourth dimension. I don't know how thought works, but... I think that your feelings for how you were cutting the trees and your concern for the land and, and uh, uh, you didn't just go in and mow down a field. You went down and you did what needed to be done in the kindest, most gentle way that you knew how to do it, and that's perfect. That's deer. Mm, interesting. That's very... Yeah, and then uh, we got a story with Larry and skunks. Now, mind you, <laughs> has been my friend. I love all nature and skunks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Larry, how long have we been friends? Creatures. We've been oh over God, 30 years, haven't we? 1984. Was that it? Oh, boy, yeah, that was a year for me. That's the year I carried the Olympic torch. That's uh, right. That's right. Uh, see, a really big year when you put throw Larry and the Olympic torch together. Uh, we don't agree <laughs> on everything. We've had a couple of doozies. I came back to my office once, and it was totally cleaned out. I nearly had a fit. And it turned out he was getting ready for the art show that we were putting together. (laughs) He rearranged the furniture. But I went into total shock when I opened the door, walked into my office, and all the furniture was gone. He neglected to tell me he was going to do that. So we've had our moments, but we've also traveled to some wonderful places, including Alaska to see the Northern Lights and Ireland to follow a spiritual quest that Alan Lottman gave me. He said, you must go to Scotland to the castle. And I told Larry, and he said, okay, let's go. So we had a, and it was a magical journey. We actually both noticed on the same day that we were watching a television commercial. It was Pan Am, wasn't it, Larry? We got us the tickets. It was Pan Am. I believe it was Pan Am ran this commercial that gave us, like, tickets to Europe that were so cheap you had to buy five type of thing. And we had both seen the commercial, and we both went. And do you remember who we met on that journey, Larry? Uh, do you remember the stewardess as we were getting on the plane? And she was smiling, okay. and I told you I wanted to um, I wanted to live a life that allowed me to smile, have people smile at me the way that woman was smiling with me. And this is a little short woman in a white outfit right in front oh, of me. Yes, I was yes, yes, at her yes, back. Why don't you yes. tell them huh. who was... Right there, climbing on the plane with us. Yeah, it was Mother Teresa. <laughs> so we figured yeah, we, we were pretty gonna... safe. The plane wasn't going to go down, you know. <laughs> I tried to get her an interview, too, Randy. Uh, she said she was tired, and she apologized that she wasn't doing that. But that was our meeting. And then we, as we headed towards the castle in Ireland, um, and by no the way, problem. Larry had rescued me from hell on earth. I, I don't remember exactly what was going on, but it, uh, all I wanted to do was sleep and cry because it had been so hard. So 
we went we we went to uh, the, what was the ca- name of the uh, um, castle that we stayed at? Well, was uh, where we. Uh, well, first we were down in um, Cliveden House, and then from there we went up to Stapleford Park, and then from Stapleford okay. we drove up to Scotland. Okay, wasn't uh, Cliveden House um, a Lord's Place where we had kippers and breakfast and butlers and stuff? Yes. Was that the place we were in the study drinking sherry and smoking cigars? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy, you can imagine, yes. Randy. I was having a good time. So, and you left out the part where, where when we were driving up, this woman was selling all of her valuable family linens, and we bought them all. <laughs> well, that was her. Business. And then we paid for yes. the trip with the linens when we got home. And then there was yes, the part when I was on the border, and um, this woman we're on the border between England and Scotland. And Larry's waiting for me in the car, and I'm using the restroom, and this woman comes over to me, and she shoves me into the wall, and she tells me we will go, that I'm to go to Holy Island. Like, she literally pushes me into the wall, so I'll pay attention. She didn't try to hurt me. She just wanted to make sure she had my full attention. So when I walked out, I said, okay, Larry, we're going to Holy Island. Tell, them a little bit, tell our, our listening audience a little bit about what Holy Island was about. Uh, Holy Island, which is also Lindisfarne, um, is a, I guess you call it a tidal island. You know, it becomes a, an island when the tide comes in. And there's a, I believe it's a 12th century monastery. It's, it was essentially the first point of contract for the Viking marauders uh, back in the 12th, 13th century. But it was also the home of one of the uh, greatest uh library and and um, illustrators um, for whatever reason they had a school of illustration there if I recall I didn't know that yeah <laughs> that's and, really uh, great I didn't know that they're, they're also famous for their mead their honey mead that they make on Linda's farm but it well, got burned the and raised Linda's- and pillaged a few times that Linda's farm castle was amazing I don't know if you remember this Larry but it was only open two hours a day you recall that? Yeah, the 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 the, the monastery. What's left? Yeah, the left. monastery was open two hours a day. It the two people that took care of this little monastery. Some houses in Beverly Hills are bigger than this monastery was, but when you walked in, everything sparkled because these two people had that open for two hours a day, and then they spent all of the rest of the time polishing and cleaning everything inside of the monastery, and there was. Uh, you were they, they didn't tell you not to touch anything. You didn't want to touch it. You wanted to feel it. It was almost like a command. It was like, I remember a little green vase. I don't remember what it was sitting on, pottery vase. And I remember it was just like I almost reeled from the energy that was coming from it because it was so highly polished. Uh, if you're a sensitive person to different colors and lights and things of that, I don't know what Linda's Farn is like. Larry, I actually don't want to go back there because I want to remember no. what I remembered yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. want to anything to it, you know? Because uh, we also went to Stonehenge and uh, we also went backstage of the London Theater. Do you remember the name of the woman that we um, went to her country home? The star of Lo- Lettuce and Lovage? Oh I don't God. remember her name. No, I uh, don't. Uh, and I should, and it was wonderful. Yeah, um, we you know, we went backstage. I'll, I'll look it up while we're chatting. Oh, great. We, we went backstage um because we wanted to... When you're on radio, you can do anything. <laughs> I know, it's great. I love it. <laughs> we went to the stage door and told the um, stage manager that we wanted to interview the um, star on the radio, and she invited us to her home, a thatched roof home. Okay, so this is... These are just things that happen when you let go of the laws and the training and all this stuff about what you can have and what you can't have. What Randy has described from her property and what Larry and I are describing to you are things that came through our intuition from our heart and from our spiritual guidance. And spiritual guidance wasn't just like God talking to us or anything of that nature. Spiritual guidance was like following what we were hearing without knowing how it would turn out. And one of the big things about this trip, (laughs) Larry and I, we were traveling to, we wanted to see crop circles and things like that, you know, ancient artifacts. And we did a lot of things that I can't give you all the names on right now, but what was 
so darn interesting about it was we would be frequently going in the wrong direction, and what they would say to us is, go back from where you came. And just remember that I said that, because a little bit later in this conversation, uh, you'll find out that go back from where you came showed up again in our lives. So when we actually go on a trip, he and I, it's from a different place, and people frequently travel on because we're not just looking to see museums or something that like that. We're looking to see if we should turn left or turn right at this corner, things of that nature. So after we went to Scotland, because the woman, uh, we went to Scotland after um, Lindisfarne, uh, and as we pick up the linens and things like that, when we actually get to Scotland and we get to Edinburgh, the guy, a guy leans in the car and he goes, what, do you remember what he said exactly? It was like, oh, good, you're here, something like that. Something like that, you're, after we deciphered it, yes. Yeah, it was something like, you're so glad you're oh, here. Oh, or good, you're, you're finally here, yeah. You're finally, you're finally here. I said, okay, right. <laughs> okay. So we, we, we get to the Mary Queen of Scots Castle, and we stand in an archway, and we both get transported. I don't know. I, I'm going to say I got transported back to another time when I knew you, and I uh, I think you had something happen for yourself, but I don't know if I ever asked you about it. When we were standing under that arch at the castle, what century were you in? You know, honestly, I don't. Remember, we've had so many places and so many dimensions. It's hard to remember one from the other. My time warp continuum is it, my time space continuum is a bit warped these days. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think my dilithium crystals are low, but uh, I know that's why I've tried to get you to the Reagan Library for Pompeii. For God's sake, <laughs> drag you out of the your, get your batteries recharged. So, anyway, I was in the 12th century talking with him. We, it was clear we were in a time warp under that arch. And I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. And then we go down and we go through the castle, which, of course, is very interesting. It's a story of murder and intrigue and power and all of this kind of good stuff. And I go, oh, that that was nice, but what are we doing here? And it, I don't remember if it was at that exact second moment or a minute later this force hits me in the chest and knocks me over backwards I didn't fall but I stumbled backwards and I looked to Larry and I said did I come to Scotland to get pushed and I don't think it was the castle actually I think it was the journey to the castle that somehow we were being turned around or something of that nature because how can you explain an invisible force that hits you with quite a bit of power in the chest and then that's it. So I don't know. That was that was that well, adventure, was, and it, we've had others. It was, certainly the, it was certainly the journey that was. We also stopped in Sherwood Forest. You know, I forgot about that. Yeah, we stopped in Sherwood Forest. <laughs> we had to do the Robin Hood bit. You know, I mean, it just it, it screamed for it. It's like All right, right. There, well, I used to Sherwood Forest. Uh, actually, okay, we have to stop. <laughs> I was a master. I, I was a master archer when I was in school. So, I, and I liked Robin Hood a lot. And I had totally forgotten that. Thanks for the memory. So, uh, to just bring this full circle, when we were we, when we went to Alaska to see the Northern Lights, we had a series of events. And one of the reasons <laughs> I'm telling you all these is because I I brought my witness with me. Okay. And my witnesses, and and then it turned out that Randy would be more of a witness that I actually realized before I put this show together. I want you to get that there's things other than what the Democrats and the Republicans say, and there's things other than what the idiot state of California is doing. There are reality. We're like hamsters inside of a hamster cage, or uh, I was mentioned to Randy before the show, or we're like... uh, Oh, God, like being in an aquarium and thinking that's life, you know. There's a landmark education uses something that uh, Mel Brooks uh, actually used, I think, originally. And it's, and it's fish swimming around in an in a aquarium, swimming around in circles saying, Morning! Morning! <laughs> and that's... But we're like we're 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 in a hamster cage unless we find ways to seek reality, okay, uh, a spiritual reality. 
So we went to Alaska to see the Northern Lights, Randy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tracked them. So I can track their lights through. Uh, well, first of all, the University of British Columbia has it, but they actually travel. Okay, so you can find out when they're and where they're moving. And it was my second attempt at Northern call. Lights. Take Larry with me. And when we're on the plane, we asked the stewardess, what's the best place to see the Northern Lights? And she says, Chena Hot Springs. So we just smile because it's like we get instructions on the road, you know. And we go to, we're, we're going to Chena Hot Springs, and it's snowing, and it was when I stepped off the plane, it was minus, I think, wasn't it like minus 47 was, degrees it, or 42 yeah, degrees? Yeah, 44 or degrees like that. below zero. Yeah, it was lovely weather. Lovely weather. And then you find out why people always wear masks or scarves around their mouths because, <laughs> mouths because it just gets too cold. And we start heading for Chena Hot Springs. And um, because it's so cold and everything, and it's been raining, I guess, or snowing, you can't see any of the street signs because there's ice all over them. So you see the post, the color of a sign underneath, and then and Larry's doing the best he can, and I let him drive because, you know, he's can't stand me driving, and I don't mind him driving. It's always fun. <laughs> we can't find Cheetah Hot Springs. We can't find the road to turn. We've been driving around in circles. It's the middle of the night. We see a light in the distance. He drives over there. I knock on the front door, and I ask the people uh, how to get to Cheetah Hot Springs. <laughs> and they say to me, go back from where you came. <laughs> well... That was just too funny to me. I laid in a snowdrift and laughed, and I couldn't get back to the car for a bit. <laughs> Larry wanted to find out what was going on, and when I said to him, uh, he, he started laughing, too. So we know we're on the right spiritual path, okay? And I'm, I get closer to it when I travel with this man, this, this Larry Michael Roberts that I have with anybody else. And it doesn't require drugs. I mean, I've used drugs in the past to access things that I can't see in the present, but this doesn't require drugs. This requires trust. This requires an understanding or awareness or uh, acceptance that there's something larger than you are. And it also, it's like somehow we were being taken care of always, which we did go see. Uh, we did go see the Northern Lights at Chena Hot Springs. They actually, I recommend the place. Uh, they actually will wake you up at night. They have a... Um, an alert service, so you're, you're given a signal as soon as they, uh, the lights come out, and the northern lights are literally like watching God dance in the sky. It's just uh, an amazing experience. Uh, but to show you how things can be so powerful, I just want to pass on to you that we <laughs> we locked the keys in the car. You have to keep the cars running a lot because it's so darn cold. We locked the keys in the car, and Larry was pretty um, upset about it. And I said, don't worry, we'll just go get the locksmith. And he goes, yeah, right. (laughs) So I go into the the, the eating hall, and I go, okay, we need the locksmith. Where's the locksmith? And the guy goes, over here, I'll be right out. And he goes and unlocks (laughs) the car. What are the odds? They're about 100% when you're on a spiritual journey. If, If it hadn't been a locksmith there to unlock the car, there would have been somebody to drive us somewhere or something. We don't, we've never, have we ever failed anywhere on a journey, Larry? I mean, we're permanently failed? I don't think so, have we? No, 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 no. We always, we may have had minor diversions, but they always ended up being more interesting than we'd even planned for. Yeah, so so if you don't have a traveling friend like this, go get one. (laughs) <laughs> and if you realize that after this show that you've done with me today, you have to go to Pompeii with me and you need to do it before the end of the month, you you know that, right? Are we talking to me? <laughs> we are. <laughs> 600,000 people are going to end up hearing whatever it is that you're about to say. Watch oh, out. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> know yet. He doesn't know about my history of kidnapping people. So we'll come down and we'll pick... We'll, we'll put a black bag over your head. But I've told this... I, I wanted you all to hear this story because I want you all 
step out of the ordinary. And I know that there are many of you out there that have actually already done some of this. You just don't talk about it because you think you might not be respected or honored. And that brings us into the skunk story. So, Larry, uh, you had a... <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, handled in, it in, in a my, very yeah. unique way, but a very spiritual way, and I really think our <laughs> listeners need to know what creativity looks like. So one of my, the previous houses I owned was a big 1917 Craftsman house, um, and it was, you know, up on stilts, so not stilts, but, you know, it had a, uh, the foundation was up on, on two-by-fours or wood pylons or whatever so it had a crawl space underneath the house and this was in Los Angeles and uh, I kept hearing just this horrible screeching racket in the morning uh, under the living room floor so I went and looked underneath the house because we, we actually had a basement um, so I looked underneath the house and there were all these skunks and so I asked a friend of mine who was knowledgeable in the realm of animals I said what's going on you know it sounds like they're killing each other and she said oh no you have skunks mating underneath your house. I oh, wonderful. And I said, okay, I mean, God bless them, but what do I do to get rid of the dear little devils? And she said, well, you have, to be, you have to be really careful. You know, you can't take a BB gun or anything because they'll spray. Like, so she said, you sort of have to gently scare them away. And I was like, oh, geez, what can I do? So I, I decided, well, I would practice tap dancing on my living room floor. And I don't know whether it was a critique of my tap dancing, but it seemed to work, and they left. So yeah, they did. And, and if you notice, the solution isn't the ordinary solution. Uh, you don't scream at them. You don't do this. You just make it so they don't want to be there, which is exactly what you do for cancer. You just make your body so it doesn't want to be there. It's not interested, okay? So this whole thing keeps unwinding, Randy, and you don't know the rest of it yet because after mm-hmm. I had, after you and I had just finished talking, and you yeah. had to do something, and I, had, I was seeing Mio in the clouds and all that kind of stuff, and I was trying to figure out how that worked. Mm-hmm. I actually, after I hung up with you, I went into the living room, and I called the crematorium because I had wanted to prepare him for the journey, and that's what I've, I've done that with um, both of my sisters and my mother and a couple of other pets, and I anoint their bodies in oil, and I wrapped them up in, uh, in my mother's case. It was a, uh, I bought yards and yards of silk, and we sprinkled rose petals on her and uh, covered her with oils. Larry was very helpful in that whole conversation, too. Uh, so it's a thing I wanted to do for Mayo. And I had called the crematorium, and they, they said they were really stacked up and, that, you know, that they had him in the freezer, lucky me. And... Uh, they have to keep them, but you got to know it was a little uncomfortable for me to think of my dog in the freezer. I'd much rather think of him cremated. Uh, but the, uh, I said I made a big point of it. I said I need to know when this dog is being cremated. I need to have you call me with the time. I need to have everything done because I didn't tell him that I wanted to do something for him. I just said, and if I don't have, if you guys don't give me the time, you don't get to cremate him. Well, they said it won't be for 10 days, and he had died on Thursday, so Thursday I called. Right after I spoke to you, it was 2.22 in the afternoon. He was in the crematorium being cremated at that exact moment that we saw him in the cl- I saw him in the clouds, Randy. Mm-hmm. That gave me chills, mm-hmm. okay? And it also, it was funny because I didn't get mad at the crematorium. You know, normally it's like, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. Right. It was like... This is perfect. I see him in the clouds. I'm talking to my dear friend, and 222 is a sacred number. And and, and you should check the 37 and stuff like that with a numerologist, Randy, because it means more than we've been talking about. These, Not only is it the animal that you encounter, it's the number of them and how they arrive and all kinds of stuff. There's actually people that read the universe, okay? If you've seen mm-hmm. The Hunger Games... We're very much in a situation like the Hunger Games. Uh, Hmm. We're being manipulated on a daily basis. Uh, uh, I came up with a a, a conversation this morning by a man named Brandon, S-T-R-A-K-A, 
and he's the one that started the walkaway movement. And uh, you and I were talking about that before the show. Uh, I don't remember where we ended off. Could you refresh where we were in that conversation? Uh, you, yeah, I, I actually don't know a ton about it except for what you had said, and I didn't take any notes on it, but um, well, he didn't take like notes, Trump everybody. what you said. You Brandon, said he didn't Brandon like Trump. is a, a gay man uh, who speaks for other minorities, and I think that's what makes it so important. His particular point of view, uh, as he was uh, looking at the situation, was he he almost I don't remember that he said this, but he he said that when Trump was elected, he couldn't stop crying. That he thought the world had come to an end. Uh, it was just unbelievable. He posted. He hated Trump. He bought everything that CNN said. He was totally outraged by it. And then his uh, one of his school teachers after after, uh, after this had been going on because he posted all over the place about how awful it was blah blah blah, blah. and the school teacher sends him uh, a video and she said uh, I don't want you to rip my head off for this okay because everybody was like not one to talk to him because he was so rabid and he's, she said but she would really appreciate it if, if, she, if he would look at the video and what the video was was a video of all the CNN broadcasts uh, and also uh, what they edited out, because what CNN, you know, a good editor can do anything. My friend Sue Brightrose will tell you that. She used to edit for the movies and mm. some, for some very big names. And you can sh- mm. shoot certain footage and you can change it into any number of things, and that's exactly what had happened with the Trump footage. I'd like to, I'm actually going to write him and see if I can get what that tape is, and we'll put it on the website, Randy. Uh, mm-hmm. But what they did was they showed, um, for instance, uh, at his rallies, there were a lot of black people there. But that wouldn't work if they wanted to call them racist. So they only put in shots that didn't show black people. And they showed the original footage, and then they extracted it. And then the whole thing about Charlottesville, uh, he didn't say things the way they said it. They, he was referring to something else, and then they put it in, and then they played only those clips that made him look bad, which is... You know, what's hap- that's why, I don't know, are you aware that they've just been sued for $250 million, Randy? No. Mm-mm. Now, Fox News is a 250, not Fox News, uh, CNN has a $250 million lawsuit against, frankly, I think it's too small. I would like a lawsuit that would destroy the company. I also don't like the idea that... Uh, people that have been um, criminal are being given the choice to commit suicide and have their families honored. I I would like them all exposed. So more of that in the future. Uh, I don't want to use this program for that because what I want to use this program for is that we've been hypnotized and drugged uh, by, by evil energies. They don't fit on here. I, I, I don't see, you know, the Lucifer animal, what that does for anybody. Uh, so the point being is we need to work with our spiritual selves and we need to stand up. I can't remember which of the ones is for courage. Probably the skunk, too. Uh, in my life showed up butterflies, uh, crows, and um, <laughs> a little skunk. And that's, I, I just started to read the medicine book to find out what all that was about. And then we've got um, the the wall. Brian Colfage's "We Build the Wall," and walls do protect people. Um, they you put them around your property if you've got a lot of property and you don't want people tramping all over. It's not anything that isn't too obvious. Uh, have you noticed how many deaths there have been, Randy, by illegals killing uh, people? Yeah, it seems to be on the country, rise like and four or five times. This- this uh, this whole argument of a wall doesn't work. Th- these people are idiots trying to make... I mean, I don't even want to fight for it. A, a, a wall holds a fish in a fish tank. A, a, a wall holds a dog in a kennel. And a wall is what's surrounding your house. I mean, these people are... Just, it's just such a stupid mantra. I don't even... I can't it even go stupid. there with it. It's actually... <laughs> I, I don't give Walls them... Work. They're not stupid. <laughs> okay, they're scared. They're losing power. And they're master manipulators, and they're manipulating as much as they can, as as hard as they can. And uh, one of the things that I had been talking to Larry about, because I thought we were going to be talking about some of this last week, 
was the difference between law and morality. And in California, for instance, we have a law that says that the original is the first copy of a wedding document. Now, in nobody's mind but that, uh, is that an original? Okay, so if you keep asking for an original copy and getting Xerox copies, you're still not getting the truth because they don't even have the original document anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they're giving you, they're manipulating. That's not not exactly accurate. Because that's not <laughs> I told exactly him he had permission to do that, too, too, Randy. That's not what the law says. The law <laughs> does. Say? The law does accept for electronic and facsimile transmissions uh, to be used uh, in the place of originals. And when you think about our electronic society and how many documents are actually signed online, they're really the concept of original no longer really can pertain in a, in a concrete sense. Uh, I know that I've signed dozens of documents on DocuSign, which is an electronic signature. I did too, and that's and, why I yeah. the whole thing is this, because anybody can do that. The point behind this is it's all, in, now this is my opinion, Mr. Attorney. This is a pro se attorney giving you my opinion of being in like, I counted them something like 18 courts. I, I've in, been in court more than some attorneys. That's exactly why we have derivatives. That's exactly why, because they, they replicate everything and consider it original, and they treat replications like originals. And that's what I'm talking about here, okay? To me, that's immoral. That isn't legal. Well, that, well you know, it's, it's, a matter, it, the act, uh, it's a matter of how it's used, not its mere existence. So its existence is not immoral. It's how people misuse it is immoral. So you, you need to draw that a, distinction. You think calling a digital signature, oh, I believe the word is genuine. You have to ask for a genuine document. Is that right, Larry, or is it authentic? Genuine or authentic? Well, you have to authenticate a document. Okay, so that's it. But there, but what there a document. Is Thanks. I'm sorry? And, and you want to prove something, and it's your property or your thing, or you signed a note you have to ask for the authentic, right? No, you're sort of collapsing a bunch of distinctions. California no longer has the rule that, that, for example, in notes that the original wet signature has to be produced for it to be valid. As I said, My they, they point, allow... and it is law in California that allows for California to be one of the most corrupt nation's states, okay? It's that well, law. Eh. Talking about following the law. I get you know how to follow the law. You totally do. What I'm wanting our listeners to pay attention to is that you, you want to see the wedding. You want to see the original. And I personally, uh, I uh, don't mind. Some, but n- n- no, uh, I'm sorry. I have to interpose an objection here, Counselor. <laughs> um, you like there Snopes, are too, but I wasn't even going to reveal that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been debunked anyway, not Snopes, but the debunking has been debunked. Um, But um, with respect to originals, there are times that originals no longer exist, um, and the fact that you can use a copy vastly helps the the general population or the general person. So, you know, that cuts both ways. And like everything, uh, it can be misused. And, you know, our our law... Let me finish. Let me finish. Property laws started back in, you know, like the, the 12th century in England and obviously developed since then. Well, all this concept of electronic signature and electronic transmission of documents is really very, very recent. And, you know, our statutory law didn't come into being until the, you know, 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries when none of this was even imagined. So our law has not caught up, caught up to our technology. But that does well, not we don't mean... Want to, I don't want the you technology. You may not want the technology, but it's there. So it's stupid yeah, I, I agree. to ignore it. I want you to have you to something. be able to deal with it. Yeah. Who's the longest person that's ever not lost their house after making a house payment that you know? 12 years. Who do you know yeah. that fits that MO? Okay. 
and notice you can't even see my name or say you. Well, the you obviously I've been I mean, able we know all this time is because of exactly what we're talking about. And uh, I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but Larry, nobody's ever going to get this house unless I want them to have it. That's just the way it is because I'm spiritually guided. I actually have, like we were talking about the journey through Scotland and Alaska and stuff, I actually have people that are showing up in every courthouse. Have you ever heard of having the federal courthouse be kept open so that one of the people that's filing could come in and file their papers because if they didn't get in, uh, their case would have been dismissed? Me. Well, yeah, actually. But yeah, I understand. I'm just saying, what are the I, odds? I, I, I absolutely understand that that has no bearing on the underlying question as to the morality of really, it isn't, it isn't just about morality. I mean, I use that as a conversation because we'd already done a show on it. What I, no, sorry. What I want to do <laughs> is I want to wake up people to start paying attention to different things around them and listening. I have a friend. And that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And I have a bunch of friends in the federal court. Oh, that, they're fun. You know, in the federal court and the courthouses now, they actually videotape their people to make sure they're not, quotes doing anything wrong. So in the federal courthouse, they turn their back to the video camera, and they'd say, don't answer me, just listen to me. And they tell me what to do. And I had ver- versions of that in every courthouse that I've been in, including bankruptcy court, because I tried everything, including being a UCC banker. And the point is, for whatever reason, as a radio host, this is my journey. <laughs> I'm in the 12th year now. I have just been denied by the um, appeals court, and now I'm working on the second court of appeals, okay, Los Angeles District 2 Court of Appeals, which is the next step up. And I'll do whatever I do there. And at some point, the whole thing will get resolved in my favor because this isn't anything that's going to win. They can't because they have me and then I have friends, and then I have spiritual guidance, okay? And, and I pay attention to it. And I got Randy for a partner, okay? Mm-hmm. And when you get that blessed, and I've got Larry, you can see we don't always agree. Randy and I don't always agree either. That's what makes us great friends, because we don't care that we don't agree sometimes. <laughs> right. After we've had time to sputter, then we just go on to the next we're going to do. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would... Absolutely, say that. Randy and I have yelled and screamed a couple times. Yep. (laughs) Mike. And Mike knows I've yelled and screamed at him a couple of times. And here we are. And and by the way, we're on a higher level, and I'm making. uh, I've been directed to do all kinds of meetings, and I've. uh, you may or may not remember it, dear listeners, that um, I'm friends with uh, Lindsay Wagner, the bionic woman uh, from from the uh, you know the last century. She's a great friend. Uh, Tippi Hedren at Shambhala. These are all people that I'm bringing into a special project that I'm not ready to share publicly. I shared a bit of it with Randy because I asked her to be on the board, uh, and we'll tell you more about what that is. But we're developing it now, and if. Yes, uh, Larry is good. I'll, I'll let him be an honorary woman <laughs> on our board. So I'm teasing you all, but we've got great plans coming. And the grief that I went through with Mayo, guys, that grief, that opened up some kind of space because I never was mad at him for leaving. You know, you go, oh, could you have left me? Hey, at 116, buddy, how did you last so long? And thank you very much. Okay. But somehow the grief process for him has opened up my self-confidence in a way because I've gone through some battering by time and situations. And I'm back. I'm a Leo Iron Dragon, and I'm ready to roar and uh, and snort. And <laughs> Be lucky, Larry, you didn't have dragons underneath your floorboard meeting because, boy, the house would have come down. What are you, yeah. by the way? What? What, what are I'm you? I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo, Leo, Leo. Well, I'm a, a Leo, 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 Leo. I I have a whole bunch of planets in Leo, but I'm a Leo Cancer cusp. Huh. I'm a Pisces, Leo. It's very. Uh, by the way, I, I attract Pisces like fish in a fish tank. 
I married a Pisces. Uh, I developed a lot of wonderful technology with a dear friend, Karen. She's a Pisces. My sister was a Pisces. Uh, like I said, I, uh, in a fish tank. But the point being is start looking to other things. Check yourself out on the calendar. See, you know, whether you're a dragon or whether you're a horse or whatever you are or check it out. Uh, go to a numerologist. It's one that's highly recommended, okay? Make sure that there's highly recommended people because oh, when you feel I know what you're actually... And give it... Pardon, Larry? I know what year I was born in. What animal year? Yeah, what's the animal I'm, year? I'm year of the cock. What 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 is the it's cock true. stands for? Um, crow a lot. Crow a lot. Yes, you know we're we're on stage. We're exhausted. Oh, of we're, course. You haven't seen this guy dance. You haven't seen anything. <laughs> He's a but, yeah. great dancer. Those skunks actually had a good show. <laughs> Randy, do you know what you are? No, I don't. You, well, look it up. You, uh, see if you can find it before. We're almost at the end of the show, so I'm going to say thank you so Wait. much for this conversation. Uh, it's it's March the sixth. Uh, it's March the twenty second, and uh, Randy's looking up to see who she is. So you guys go out and look out and see who you are. And uh, Larry, it sounded like you had a last sentence there. You wanted to pop in. What was? It? No, 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 no. I'm I'm cool. Oh, you're cool? What's your last sentence you want to give to the listeners? Oh, my last sentence. Yeah, uh, listen to what's around you. And not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah, only yeah. the people, but, but, but listen to what's going on. You know, don't, don't assume anything. Yeah, listen to the trees. Listen, listen to Larry. <laughs> Here's what's happened. A lot of tremendous people have been on the show and the list of all people that have been here is so incredibly long. I'm going to have it transferred over to the website. But I especially want to thank the tip, tip, the technical team uh, that puts things together for us here with Mike and Ron Simon at KTVL, uh, at the team at Voice America and John Young. And um, I don't know what I'd do, actually, without... Uh, Ron without uh, Ron Hayes. He does research for us and uh, he makes sure that I'm on top of things. So please, look for yourself. Check around. Let yourself feel. Maybe go to a quiet place. Uh, pick up a, the medicine book. Talk to a numerologist. You don't have to believe everything they say. Just be open and see if anything resonates with you. So let your heart resonate and uh, join us again next week and have a great day. Take care. You're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through. Now your heart is open.